May 23rd, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Chris Kotnor. Grant Haver is on special assignment today. Our top story today, Ukraine is set to be a main focus of the World Economic Forum, which centers on the theme, History at a Turning Point. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky will address the forum via video link this morning as the first head of state to speak. In addition, the Russia House, which has been a standard fixture of Russian soft power at the annual World Economic Forum, has been transformed into an exhibition of possible Russian war crimes as the forum gathers today. Other senior Ukrainian officials will be attending the gathering in person, including the foreign minister, two deputy prime ministers, and the mayor of Kiev. In a visit to Kiev on Sunday, Poland's president said that Ukraine alone should determine its future and that the international community must demand Russia's complete withdrawal from its territory in the first address by a foreign leader to Ukraine's parliament since the war began. Lawmakers repeatedly interrupted his address with standing ovations, a sign of the bond that has developed between the two countries since Russia invaded Ukraine on February 24th. More than 3 million people have fled Ukraine across the border into Poland, and many Ukrainians say they feel inordinate gratitude for the reception they have received. Since Russia's invasion, Mr. Duda has been one of the most ardent supporters in Europe of Ukraine's government. Ukraine's culture minister said Sunday that Russian forces have destroyed or damaged more than 350 cultural and historic sites, since invading the country in late February. The northeastern region, home to Ukraine's second largest city of Kharkiv, has seen 94 strikes that affected cultural sites, he said. Since the invasion, cities such as Lviv in the west and Odessa in the south have worked swiftly to fortify and protect their architectural and cultural treasures. Sandbags and metal cages encircle old statues while wood paneling covers churches' stained-glass windows. But in many places, such protections have not been enough in the face of sustained shelling. Shortly before the 2020 election, Trump administration officials unveiled a U.S. government-sponsored program called the Abraham Fund that they said would raise $3 billion for projects around the Middle East. Spearheaded by Jared Kushner, The fund promised to capitalize on diplomatic agreements he had championed between Israel and some Arab states, pacts known as the Abraham Accords. Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, helped inaugurate the fund on a trip to the United Arab Emirates and Israel, hailing the Accords as a tremendous foundation for economic growth. The fund vanished when Trump left office, but Mnuchin and Kushner pursued private investment raising questions about whether they sought to exploit official relationships with foreign leaders for private business interests. Senator Elizabeth Warren, a Massachusetts Democrat, has urged the Justice Department to take a really hard look at whether Mr. Kushner violated any criminal laws. President Joe Biden said Monday that the United States would intervene militarily if China attempts to take Taiwan by force, a warning that appeared to deviate from the deliberate ambiguity traditionally held by Washington. Several of Biden's top administrative officials were caught off guard by the remarks, 
adding that they were not expecting Biden to be as unequivocal as he was. In a statement following Biden's comments, a White House official said the U.S. official position remained unchanged. As the president said, our policy has not changed. He reiterated our One China policy and our commitment to peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. He also reiterated our commitment under the Taiwan Relations Act to provide Taiwan with military means to defend itself, the official said. President Biden said Monday that he did not believe a quarantine to prevent the spread of monkeypox in the United States would be necessary, saying there are sufficient vaccine doses available to combat any serious flare-up of the disease. Studies suggest smallpox vaccine is at least 85% effective against monkeypox, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The CDC says the United States has licensed two vaccines to prevent smallpox, with one authorized specifically for monkeypox. Belgium became the first country to impose a quarantine on its residents because of monkeypox, requiring those affected to isolate for 21 days. After almost a decade of conservative leadership, Australian voters turned their back on the ruling coalition, instead backing those who campaigned for more action on climate change, greater gender equality, and political integrity. For much of its history, Australian politics has been dominated by the two major parties, the Liberals on the centre-right and Labour on the centre-left. But this election threw all the balls up in the air, tossing more than a few to minor parties and independents who were fed up with the two-party system. New Labour Prime Minister Anthony Albanese was sworn in on Monday before his departure to Japan for his first meeting with allies, including U.S. President Joe Biden. The United States has determined that Paul Recessa portrayed in the film Hotel Rwanda, sheltering hundreds of people during the African nation's 1994 genocide, has been wrongfully detained. Rusesa Begina, 67, was sentenced last September to 25 years in prison over eight terrorism charges tied to an organization opposed to Rwandan President Paul Kagame's rule. He has denied all charges and refused to take part in the trial that he and his supporters have called a political sham. And in lighter news today, a small brewery in Finland has launched a NATO-themed beer to mark the Nordic country's bid to join the Western Military Alliance. Olaf Brewing's Otan Lager features a blue label with a cartoon version of a beer-drinking medieval knight in metal armor emblazoned with NATO's compass symbol. The beer's name is a play on the Finnish expression Otan Olara, which means I'll have a beer, and the French abbreviation for NATO which is OTAN. The North Atlantic Treaty Organization has two official languages, English and French. The CEO of Olaf Brewing told the Associated Press on Thursday that the craft brewery's ad hoc decision to start producing the beer was motivated by worries over the war in Ukraine and its consequences for Finland. He described the new lager as having a taste of security with a hint of freedom. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, 
please email us at daily at the dsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. This past weekend, Grant Haver and I sat down with Katie Howland, an unidentified aerial phenomena transparency activist, about the recent congressional hearing on UAP. Thanks to our new members like Deborah from Colorado Springs and our longtime members like Nicole from Arlington, Virginia, for making these interviews possible. Go to the DSRnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion on these issues, tune in to our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.